What's up, y'all? This is John Lawrence with Anesthesia Guidebook. So this episode kicks off a series that's going to run for the next several shows. I'm calling it the Thrive in Training series, and this is for the anesthesia residents out there, the physician and nurse anesthesia trainees who are in the thick of it trying to make it happen. Maybe you're not even in anesthesia training yet. Perhaps you're still thinking about moving in that direction or you've already decided that yes, becoming an anesthesia provider is what you want to do and you're making the initial steps to get ready. This series is also for you. So let me give you the overview real quick. In this episode, I'm going to give you the 10,000 foot view of where we're headed and then I'm going to talk about the first step to thriving in training, which is getting crystal clear on your why behind going to anesthesia school. In the next two episodes, you're going to hear from Mason McDowell and Kara Michalov on how to prepare for anesthesia school and then their advice for thriving in training. Mason and Kara are both CRNAs. At the time of our interview, Kara had been out of school for a couple of years and Dr. McDowell was the assistant program director at Western Carolina University, which is where Kara and I both attended anesthesia school. Then I'm so excited to bring you Jenny Fennell, who's the owner of the popular CRNA School Prep Academy. Her company is 100% focused on helping individuals prepare for CRNA school. She's a master at understanding the path from critical care nurse to graduate anesthesia training, and she offers professional coaching, including resume and interview prep, and a lot more through her company, the CRNA School Prep Academy. Jenny was gracious enough to lend her voice to two episodes in the series on how to thrive in training. The first is all about fostering a growth mindset and how the way you think about your potential and capacity to succeed in training can significantly shape your path. And then she's going to come back and talk about how to be successful in the didactic portion of your training, how to get organized, study, ACE exams, and lock down the incredible amount of information that anesthesia providers are responsible for. And after that, after you hear from Jenny Fennell on didactic success, I'm going to have a little fireside chat with you about how to be successful in the clinical phase of training. I'm going to try to distill down what I've learned as a clinical coordinator at a level one trauma center and help you get your gear set to not just succeed, but thrive in clinical. We're also going to talk about how to avoid landmines in training from competition with your co-residents to grumpy preceptors and faculty and how to avoid clinical mistakes and not get run over by exams. So avoiding landmines is going to be one of the topics we talk about. Then I'm working right now on a show I'm very excited about with the current SRNA reps to the AANA Health and Wellness Committee, Maya Kelkar and Tamima Luchansky, about the six dimensions of wellness and how they relate to anesthesia trainees. (laughs) That's right. There are six dimensions of your life, and we're going to talk about all of them and how they relate to anesthesia training. We're going to leave no stone uncovered. So that show is going to come up in the series. And then another show is going to talk about finances for anesthesia trainees and how to squeak by on what may be little to no money while you're in school. We'll also talk about how to prepare for the C and NCE exams for CRNAs. Uh, The C exam you take is an SRNA and the NCE is the board exam, national certification exam for CRNAs. We'll hit on tips for the job hunt and then transitioning to practice through your first six months on the job. So that's a bit of what is coming down the pipe in this series. Anesthesia Guidebook is for those who want to master their craft as anesthesia professionals and doing this series geared 100% towards SRNAs and residents has been on my mind for a while now. 
I hope it is helpful and touches on many of the main concerns anesthesia trainees are up against and gives you some perspective, a little bit of context and motivation to work with while you pursue your goal of becoming an anesthesia provider. So before we dive into how to do anesthesia school, let's back up a little bit. One of my favorite communicators is this guy, Rob Bell. He was recently talking about the mood in the air as we slide into 2022. So now if you think back, 2021 kind of felt like an unwanted extension of 2020, like a really long 2020 as the pandemic stretched on. But we got through it, or it ended at least. And now we're starting 2022, and the pandemic is still going on. We're still dealing with the pandemic and waves and maps of outbreaks and hospitals being overrun and elective cases being canceled in ORs. So Rob was saying in one of his recent shows that the mood in the air at the start of 2022 is not the usual start of the year filled with hope, aspirational, goal-oriented, what are we going to accomplish this year vibe, but it's more like shuffling into the new year in your sweatpants that the fatigue of the last two years of pandemic has not quite been left behind. It's still with us. And this vibe he's getting at has been talked about quite a bit, actually, during the pandemic. It's been researched and written about and published about in journals. The vibe is summed up by the word languishing, which is literally defined as failing to make progress or succeed. Synonyms of languishing include decline, deteriorate, wilt, droop, fade, weaken, fail, waste away, and go downhill. Literally, the ant, like if you look in the dictionary, the antonym of languishing is thrive. <laughs> and yet, I'm still going to call this series Thrive in Training. I'm doing it. I'm going with it. I'm going to double down. I'm actually going to double down on this and offer this series, this episode even, as something different. And I'm not not recognizing the vibe that Rob is talking about and that much of the world is experiencing. I get it. At times, there is a strong pull to just stay in your sweatpants, make another cup of coffee or tea, stay home, and keep waiting this thing out. But there is another vibe out there. There's a totally different energy in the air, and I notice it best when I talk with the SRNAs. Y'all are not standing by waiting this thing out. Y'all are not waiting for this to be over. Y'all are on a mission. I ran into the SRNAs from Gonzaga University recently. I was speaking at the Idaho State Association of Nurse Anesthetists Winter Conference, and the SRNA crew from Gonzaga showed up in force. This crew was lit up. They were buzzing with energy. They were focused. They were scheming about research projects and clinical and ways to help each other along the path. A couple of them were developing a wellness committee within their program to address exactly what I'm talking about right now. The fact that while the pandemic has magnified the stress of anesthesia school, there is no time to wallow in misery when you're training. There's no stain in your sweatpants and watching Netflix if you want to achieve your goals. The Zags recognized this and were hunting for ways to encourage each other because they understood one of the fundamental concepts of success in anesthesia training, that once you're into the program, the competition is over. You made it. You beat the odds, and you are one of the ones who got picked. 
It's time to collaborate and support one another so that you all make it. It serves no one to silo yourself, put up your defenses, and only look out for yourself. The competition is over once you're into your residency, once you're into anesthesia school. When you pull each other along, when you share notes, when you split up study guides and connect effectively in study groups, and when you celebrate the small wins together, you make each other stronger. And this group from Gonzaga seemed to have that dialed in. And my crew here in Portland showed up to clinical in January for the first rounds of clinical with a laser focus. They reminded me of Cyclops from the X-Men. They got this laser focus that's ready to burn through any obstacle in their way. And yes, there's this pandemic that is still going on. But as one of them said, it's all they've ever known for anesthesia school. They started the program during the pandemic. They've struggled through online classes and remote learning and not being together on campus. They've hit the ORs when most elective cases have been canceled. So the cases they're in are typically bigger cases with sicker patients. My first year SRNAs were doing Whipples and Cranies in their first month of training. That is highly unusual. We normally warm up to that. We normally do a few months of easy cases, stuff like Sistos and Lap Appies and Robot Cases. Not this crew. They hit the ground running and they have taken it all in stride. So there is definitely this different vibe in the air when I talk with SRNAs and physician residents. Languishing is not really an option. So I think we're going to be okay calling this series Thrive in Training. I think it is in alignment with the mission, with the vibe, with the energy in the air when you talk to anesthesia trainees. So I've already talked a little bit about the definition of languishing, failing to make progress or succeed, to wither and wilt, and how thrive is the antonym. And now I want to give you the definition of thrive. The definition of thrive is to grow or develop successfully, to flourish or succeed, to grow vigorously. And I love this one, to progress toward or realize a goal despite or because of circumstances. I'm going to say that again. To thrive is to progress toward or realize a goal despite or because of circumstances. What's interesting about that is that it's neither negative or positive. Could be both. To thrive in training is to progress toward or realize your goal despite or because of circumstances. Despite the pandemic, despite your pre-anesthesia GPA, despite your critical care background only being in pediatrics, despite not getting to do a lot of hands-on patient care in medical school, despite what the haters say, despite the doubts that ring in the back of your mind, despite the challenges that are unique to you and that only you know about, to thrive is to progress or realize your goal despite or because of circumstances, because there's only one option, which is to succeed, because you have friends or family or faculty who support you, because of where you came from, because of the life you've imagined on the other side, because of what that one person said when they tried to undercut you or tear you down, because of what that other person said when they inspired you, because you need to prove it to yourself, because you need to prove it to your daughter and you're a single mom who has full custody. 
because you dropped out last time, because you had to apply three times, maybe four, because the deck is stacked against you or people who look like you. To thrive is to progress toward or realize a goal despite or because of circumstances, and that is what I want to help you do. I don't just want to help you get by. You might be on the struggle bus, but I don't want you to stay on the struggle bus. I don't want you to doubt whether or not you'll make it or have what it takes. The goal in this series is to equip you with what you need so that you can push through the obstacles in your path and achieve your goal so that you can thrive in training. All right, so let me simmer this down just a little bit more. Let's take the first step. What I want you to dial in here at the start of this series is your why. After this episode is over, I want you to find a time today, tonight, tomorrow morning, or this weekend to take some time and think about your why. To take a walk with the dogs, but leave your headphones at the house. Take a drive, but don't go anywhere in particular. Just drive and think. Grab a cup of coffee at the local coffee shop, but just take a blank notebook or a sheet of paper and a pen. Leave your textbooks or your notes, leave your computer at home or in your bag so you can get back to studying after you dial this in. You need to take some time and get clear about your why. Think again about the definition of thrive, to progress toward a goal despite or because of circumstances. There is a why behind that. You can't do that without a why. You can't progress towards a goal despite or because of circumstances without some sort of a reason. You cannot thrive unless you know your why. We're going to get to how and what and where and when in this series. We're going to talk about how to be successful in anesthesia school. We'll talk about studying and time management and tips for clinical and the apps that you might want. But before all of that, before how, there's why. And you need to dial in your why. You need to write it down. List the reasons. Don't be shy. Don't be ashamed. You don't have to share these reasons with other people. They can be your reasons. And they don't have to come all at once either. You might need another session at the coffee shop next Saturday morning to work through this. You may need to talk with your best friend to sort through your thoughts and get to the real why. So you know in your core why you want to do this. When you know your why, you'll be better equipped to push through the obstacles that will inevitably be in your way. You'll have a focus that will pull you through the dark times and help you put into perspective the things that are difficult, time-consuming, or frustrating. Your why will help you develop the level of grit that you need to get through the challenges of anesthesia training. Now, I'm going to tell you about grit for just a second. Uh, Grit is what you have when your passion fuels a perseverance that propels you through obstacles to achieve your goals. Angela Duckworth is a psychologist and researcher who in her best-selling book titled Grit says that grit is what separates those who succeed from those who fail when facing extreme challenges. So Duckworth says that grit can be developed by fostering four things, interest, practice, purpose, and hope. So break these down real quickly. You got to start with interest. You got to actually be stoked about what you're going to undertake. Are you authentically interested in the path that you're about to get on? Are you fascinated by and enjoy the work? Do you understand what you're actually going to be doing as an anesthesia provider? And is it something that you can get stoked about? 
The next is practice. It's going to seem super hard. It's going to be very difficult and frustrating when you start clinical, either as a physician anesthesia trainee or as a nurse anesthesia trainee. Uh, it is hard to be, at, you know, in the bottom rung of the OR hierarchy and a complete novice at these skills. And you have to engage in a process of deliberate practice in order to iron out those core skills of being an anesthesia provider before the path actually gets a little bit easier and a little bit more enjoyable. So you got to start with interest and then you got to layer on deliberate practice. And next, you need to have a purpose behind your mission to become an anesthesia provider. This goes back to your why. If you don't know why you're here, if you don't know why you're going to put the work in, it's going to get real hard to maintain motivation when you come up against long days in the OR, difficult preceptors, super challenging didactic information, long days of studying notes and hammering through textbooks. You got to come back to your why, which is what we're talking about in this episode. And then lastly is hope. So hope comes down to believing that the juice is worth the squeeze, that the payoff is worth all of the effort that you're going to put in along the way. So when you combine your authentic interest in a field with deliberate practice and improvement in that domain, along with a clear understanding of your purpose or why, which is the motive that drives you, and then layer in the hope that comes when you know that the journey is worth it, you will find the grit that you need to push through anything. And that's the core theme of this whole series. The key to thriving in training is setting your trajectory in life based on your deep interest, learning to embrace deliberate practice in your craft, remembering your why, and locking in on the hope that comes with knowing your goal is worth the work that you will put in. So you need to think about your why about the purpose that's fueling your decision to go to anesthesia school. For me, my driving passion for pursuing anesthesia was being able to stand in the gap for patients when they were having the worst days of their lives. I wanted to be in the moment when a patient's life hangs in the balance and the outcome is up to those who are in the room. To be ready through my actions, knowledge, skills, and attitudes to help people in those moments. I wanted to work as part of highly skilled teams and to come through for our patients when they need us the most. Uh, that might sound a little cheesy, but that, that's the core drive for me. There's this quote that goes like this. You don't study for the test. You study for the day when you're the only thing between the patient and the grave. Whether that's a difficult airway, trauma surgery, complex critically ill patients who need to go to the OR, a periop emergency, or helping our SRNAs and anesthesia residents develop fundamental skills so that they're ready for those same moments, that is what keeps me stoked. The 98% of cases that are routine and easy are just practice. So that's why I pursued anesthesia. But the why that pulled me through anesthesia training was a combination of this underlying drive and then a few other rock solid do or die kind of whys that I only picked up along the way. These came to me only after I was in the fiery crucible that is anesthesia school when I ended up nearly failing out in the midst of a divorce and loss of my financial support. There's a little bit of a story behind that. The short version is that my wife of eight years finally threw in the towel six months into anesthesia school. Our relationship had been strained for a couple of years before school. And a couple of months before school started, 
but well after I had been accepted into the program, we talked about the option of me postponing school so that we could work on things. We both ultimately agreed that we should move forward and do school together, that she would support me and we would go ahead and get this thing done. Unfortunately, six months in, she dipped out. And in the immediate aftermath, I took my eye off the goal. I relaxed with my family when they came to visit and support me. And then I floated into final exams that semester, woefully unprepared. I got hammered by one of the exams and I took a letter grade C in the class. Up to that point, I was coasting on the advice that a CRNA I respected had given me. He said, you know, don't stress about getting A's. No one cares if you get a 4.0 GPA or even what school you went to when you're on the other side. That B's mean CRNA just as much as A's mean CRNA. And while he's got a point on relaxing about getting that 4.0 GPA, which we'll talk about later in the series, when I had a straight B average, a 3.0 GPA going into that set of finals, and then I took a C, my GPA dipped to 2.9. What I didn't realize What I was unaware of is that the graduate school at my university did not allow graduate students to fall below a 3.0 and still receive federal financial aid. Now, the program I was in allowed students to get one letter grade C and continue, but the graduate school cut off my financial aid because I dropped below a 3.0. And this happened literally at the same moment that my ex dipped out, who was my sole financial support system. So I was done. At the time, I was overweight, stressed out, going through a divorce, and suddenly completely washed up, sitting on a 2.9 GPA with no financial aid to continue in the program. I was literally done. When I got the letter from the financial aid office stating that I was not in compliance with the graduate school policy and therefore they were withholding my federal financial aid, my heart sank. It was worse than sank. My heart was like a watermelon dropped off a two-story building when it hits the pavement. It exploded in a flattened mess of self-inflicted doom. That week is the week after finals, after our second semester. I got the letter. Yeah, you know, I got the C and I thought, oh, man, that really sucks. But I, I got one C and I'm going to work it out. And then I got this letter saying that my financial aid was gone and I was obliterated. I was crushed. I was literally facing having to walk out of the program. So when I got that letter, you know, I'd ironed some clothes with my tears helping steam out the wrinkles. I was literally like bawling my eyes out, ironing my clothes, getting ready to go meet my director. I dried my face up. I drug my sorry ass to my program director's office and I gave him the news that I was out of the program. I didn't see any way forward. What he did next was an act of kindness that I will never forget. He offered to write a letter to the financial aid office saying, one, I had screwed up and I knew it. But two, I was technically still in compliance with the program's rules of getting one C and being able to continue. He asked for them to make an exception for me and to release my financial aid. He vouched for me that while I would be on thin ice for that semester, he was sure that I would find a way to get my GPA over the 3.0 minimum moving forward. He also offered for me to move into his family's basement apartment rent-free until I got my feet back under me. I was floored. I was embarrassed that I had ended up in this mess in the first place. I was ashamed to have wasted his time and to fall on my face in front of my family, friends, and colleagues through no one's fault but my own. 
I told him I would let him know in the apartment, and we agreed to stay in touch the first either of us heard something from the financial aid department. If my loans were reinstated, I was pretty sure that I could work out my financial situation and pull through on my own without having to move in with my program director. And if I had a second chance at school, I assured him we would not have another conversation like this. I walked out of his office astounded at his generosity, but still completely unsure if I was continuing in anesthesia school. If my loans weren't reinstated, I was out. And I had the next several days, a week between semesters, to wallow in this uncertainty. By that time, my family was gone, my ex was MIA, campus was quiet, and I had plenty of time to do some soul searching. I thought about calling it quits. I thought about what I would do if I didn't have the financial aid to continue. I thought about leaving healthcare altogether and going back to being an outdoor guide full-time. Living out of the back of my Jeep Wrangler between teaching outdoor education courses was looking like a real possibility. Then I got the letter that the financial aid office was going to make an exception and would release my financial aid. So now I had to put up or shut up. I had to make a decision. Is this really what I wanted? Is this the path that I would continue on? I resolved that week that becoming a CRNA was the path that I would take and that nothing and no one would kick my feet out from under me again, including my own lack of commitment and preparedness. I never made another B in the program, much less a C. I determined to get as far away from another letter grade C as possible, and I maintained a 4.0 for the rest of the program. I also shifted my habits on exercise and nutrition, and my approach to relationships, in an effort to improve my entire trajectory and moving forward in my life. I finished grad school in some of the best physical, mental, and emotional shape I've been in in my life. And I also met the woman who would become my best friend, my life partner, my wife, and my baby mama, in that order. (laughs) The way I got there, my approach to studying, time management, clinical, exams, projects, nutrition and exercise, the job search, and more, that's the story that's going to get unpacked along the way in the rest of this series. But the why behind my decision at that critical crossroads was this. One, I wanted to pursue becoming a CRNA for the reason I already stated earlier, because standing in the gap between a patient and the grave is absolutely baller, and everything else we do in anesthesia is like wizardry and magic. It's just a cool profession to be in, and I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And number two, I was going to do it for me and get there on my own merits. No more excuses. No more second chances. I resolved that this was my path, this was my story, and I was not going to lose the plot again. What I've learned along the way while I was in school and what I've learned since, I hope to share with you in this series. I believe you don't just have to survive in anesthesia school. You can actually thrive. It can be one of the best experiences of your life. I'm not guaranteeing it will be. It might be horrible. It could be awful for a whole lot of reasons, but I hope to unpack some insights in the next several episodes, insights I've picked up and those of others who I trust and I want to introduce you to that will help you thrive in training. Your first task is to get clear on your why. So find some time in the next week or two, maybe today, to sit down and figure out what's your driving motivation. Why do you want to do this? Write it down. Put it on a sticky note in your bathroom, drop it on a note in your phone, 
tape it to the wall above your desk at home, and then get back to work. Hey y'all, John here. If you're digging the show, will you take a couple of minutes and drop a review of Anesthesia Guidebook on Apple Podcast? Your comments and ratings help other people trust the show. Also, send a link to the podcast to your classmates and colleagues. Word of mouth is the best way for Guidebook to grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.